Welcome to the Hidden History Happy Hour podcast with Alex Dean and Brian Cunningham. Here we have a drink, have a laugh, and you just might learn something about our favorite stories from history. Please visit our website at hiddenhistoryhappyhour.com and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you like the show, please rate us five stars and leave a review. Cheers. Welcome to another edition of the Hidden History Happy Hour. Alex Dean, uh, still flying solo. We look forward to having Brian back with us soon. I'm going to tell you a story uh, today about the 15th Army Group fighting in Italy during the Second World War. And before I do that, I'm just going to ask you please to uh, like the podcast, like the episode and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, It'll be free to you and it really does help us out. No further ado. 1944 saw remarkably tough fighting uh, for the 15th Army Group, commanded uh, by the British officer with the best name, uh, General Alexander, as you ask, as it fought its way up Italy um, from the bottom of the boot north. Monty's 8th Army, which had already seen famous hard yards in North Africa, was very much to the fore in the 15th Army Group. The Italians by this time themselves had deposed Mussolini and surrendered. So the fight in what Winston Churchill had memorably called the soft underbelly of the Axis uh, was against the Wehrmacht. I also footnote uh, that uh, an American general, Mark Clark, uh, said, well, this is one tough gut uh, rather than a soft underbelly. It was very hard fighting. Halfway up the boot... There is a town in Tuscany called San Sepulcro. Uh, That is one word, and it's not San Sepulcro, as you sometimes see in English books, an understandable typo. Uh, The town was founded by pilgrims uh, returning from the Holy Land in the 10th century, and they had looted, naughty, naughty, a stone from the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, where I have been amazing. We should tell a story about it uh, one day. They'd looted a stone from the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and that became the foundation stone of the cathedral in their town, hence San Sepulcro and the confusion over the name. But in the thousand years after that auspicious beginning, it was, with no offence intended to small-town Tuscan life, not a place that really troubled the history books. Until, that is, it became a sticking point in the stubbornly defiant Nazi defence of Italy. And thus it was that as the British advance northward was slowed down by embedded German defensive positions around San Sepulcro, the order came to the Royal Horse Artillery's oldest battery, the Chestnut Troop, to bombard the town to bits. Fortunately for San Sepulcro, a relatively junior British officer serving with the Royal Horse Artillery, called Tony Clark, was an artistic and sensitive soul. Um, As a journalist uh, called Tim Butcher discovered, in exploring uh, Clark's unpublished diaries long after his death and and recounted for the BBC's uh, From Our Own Correspondent, Clark had been horrified by the destruction he had seen at Monte Cassino on his way up the peninsula, of course, you know, priceless uh, artifacts, priceless buildings, and the destruction that the Second World War had visited upon them. So in general terms, uh, this Officer Clark was the wrong man 
to be told to wipe out a Tuscan town off the face of the map. And in particular, he was the wrong man to be told to wipe this Tuscan town uh, from the face of the earth, because he had happened to have read some Aldous Huxley. And the gist of a 1925 Aldous Huxley essay about the glory of Piero della Francesca's painting, The Resurrection, was, unlikely as it may sound, in the mind of this artilleryman who had fought his way across Africa and up Italy. Huxley said in his essay, when at last one has arrived at San Sepulcro, what is there to be seen? A little town surrounded by walls, set in a broad valley between hills. Some fine Renaissance palaces with pretty balconies of wrought iron, a not very interesting church, and finally, the best picture in the world. Now I note, Clark had never actually seen the painting, but he ordered, nevertheless, the men of his balcony to hold his battery to hold their fire. The voice of his irate commanding officer promptly came across the radio in a call he must have known was coming and dreaded, urging the chestnut troop to get on with it and bombard San Sepulcro. But still he stalled, saying he couldn't see any German targets to hit. One never wishes to suggest an officer is a liar, but I'm going to question whether that was in fact the case. Had the advancing allies, worth pointing out, unprotected by the artillery, suffered loss as a result of Clark's inaction, his court-martial would have been inevitable, I think. But Providence knows its emissaries, and before Clark's eyes, at that moment, as he was arguing with his officer, his commanding officer, the Wehrmacht retreated from San Sepulcro, away from them. And thanks, therefore, to Clark and his fortuitously wide-ranging reading, uh, San Sepulcro went unbombarded, and the painting that Huxley praised is there now in its palazzo, now the Civic Museum, for you to see today. After the war, Clark went on to found South Africa's best bookshop in Cape Town, and he is commemorated in Via Clark, a street in San Sepulcro, named after him by the grateful people of the town he risked everything in his career to save for the sake of a painting he had never seen. So there you are, a story for the romantics and the art lovers amongst us. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I ask you please to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, signing off for the Hidden History Happy Hour for now. Um, looking forward to seeing you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Hidden History Happy Hour podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you have questions, comments, or suggestions for topics, you can find us on Twitter or on our website, hiddenhistoryhappyhour.com. We look forward to joining you next time. Much gratitude to our multi-talented production team of Jeremy Core, Kate Cruz, and Grace Keller, and to our visionary executive producer, Ivan Williams. And thanks also to our art designer, David Wardle, without whom this podcast would be, well, history. Cheers.